right, all, and welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and I am still happy because Mother's Day was this weekend, and it was fun, and I was at home in Buffalo with my mom and my aunties and my dad, and my kids were awesome, and it's just a fun... I think my kids... I think most days are like Mother's Day for when you when you have cool kids like we have, you know? They, let, they like me all the time. They're not like special like me on Aww. Mother's Day, but it was great. It was great. And I'm Tracy Deeds, and my Mother's Day was like it is every year. It was super chaotic. It was me going 100 miles an hour at a dance competition. This entire weekend was all about trying to do it all. So I was in Baltimore at 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday watching my oldest daughter dance, and then I had to sprint all the way back an hour and a half home to see my youngest daughter take her first communion, which was awesome. And then I had to turn around and sprint back to, to Baltimore to catch Addison's um, next dance. And then my youngest daughter had a hockey game, which Greg took her to. And then they sprinted to Baltimore for Addison solo later that evening. And we were up till 11 o'clock at night and we had started at six in the morning and the kids were troopers. That is the epitome of what motherhood really is. And, and you embrace it and you love it and you do it and you go and you go <laughs> and you go. She insists on having it all. God I, damn it. God damn she it. She is going to do it. fucking have it all. <laughs> and I had it all this weekend. And now I need to sleep for like a week and a half. I know. I tried to good. call her yesterday morning and she texted like half an hour later. I'm sorry I didn't pick up. I'm so tired. You were trying to FaceTime me and I don't think yeah. I had gotten out of bed yet because it was, I mean, it was late. It was like 8.30 or 9 in the morning yeah. and I should have been up. But no. I. Yeah. You were catching up. Weekend. Yeah. I was trying to catch up a little. So. That's how it goes. Um, well, we, you know, Tracy and I had it exactly like a minute and a half before we started to sort of run over what we were going to talk about today. And we've already started disagreeing. So I guess we should just, I hope you all enjoyed that very pleasant conversation last week because it could be the last one for a little while. It was so pleasant. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're going to start on a thing that maybe we both agree with. Oh, Aly- really? Alyssa Milano strikes oh. again. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Alyssa Milano, um, who everyone knows, um, for as an actress she's been everywhere acting mostly just sitcoms so she was was it um, who's the boss boss? charmed and charmed which was the witches show yeah Yeah, so she's been all over the place a lot of lifetime movies but she's the one that like um basically brought public attention to me too so she didn't start me too that's often misrepresented but um me too was started a couple years prior but when, when, how long ago was it? Maybe a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, when she sent the tweet out. So Alyssa Milano, it was after Harvey Weinstein. A lot of stuff was breaking about sexual assault. And she tweeted out, if you've ever experienced sexual assault or harassment, just tweet back, me too. And it, she went to bed, and then she exploded. When she woke up, those 65,000 people had written back. And 24 or 48 hours later, it was around the world, and it was it was a movement. It She sort of brought a spotlight to that movement and has since really just dug in. So she has been highly engaged, mostly on the Democratic side, specifically in the election. She, she campaigned on behalf of a lot of the female Democratic women that won their seats in, 20, uh, in 2018. And then, of course, she's... Um, She's known for going to the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. She was really outspoken anti-Brett Kavanaugh. Then she was the center of a skit on SNL around the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Remember Matt Damon played Brett Kavanaugh, and there was like the cardboard cutout of Alyssa Milano. Um, She's back in the news again because this past week she called for a sex strike, women to have a sex strike to protest the restrictive anti-abortion laws. We are a couple weeks into pretty pretty restrictive anti-abortion laws in in three or four states in this country bad in my opinion i'm i'm a pro-choice progressive woman so bad in my opinion but she got a bunch of flack for it 
Well, she said, so she tweeted, our reproductive rights are being erased. Until women have legal control over our own bodies, we just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. I'm calling for a hashtag sex strike. Pass it on. So, which it, I, I'm, I'll, Kelly, I'll let you go because <laughs> I have got big issues with this. <laughs> right. So, some people were on her side. We'll start with that because more people were not on her side. But some really. So yeah. the left didn't didn't. No, it was not. It did not catch fire. It yeah. didn't catch fire. Well, because know. it's it's harmful. It's actually harmful to women, and it's harmful to the progress that we've made. Yes. So it <laughs> takes away. It voids this reality that sex is enjoyable and something that is sought out by right. Women, it is right? a gift to men. It yeah. is a concession that we tolerate to make and please men, which is bullshit. This is what she said. Isn't feminist? It's entirely patriarchal, and it's. A giant pile of horseshit. So, so some the some people that that agreed with her tweeted things like, "If they want to control our bodies, reproductive our bodies, reproductive organs, then we should deny sex to cis men. Um, join us in helping cis men feel the physical consequences of our reproductive rights being systematically eliminated." So, lots of people criticizing this idea today. I fully support a sex strike. It's not admitting that we are here to service men. It's reminding them that we have control over our own bodies and how we use them. Boycotting sex is an effective method of protest. The but boycotting sex from who? I cis mean, men. Wait, wait. Okay. Wait. What is a cis? Cis men. men is just a heterosexual man. Okay. There's um, a new term for that. Um, well, cis. I'm so just not woke. Me- well, it's just about how you it's it's a word that came to the surface when when recognizing transgendered people was sort so of cis more, means you were born a man. Yes. And that you identify as one born and identify. Yep. As a heterosexual okay. man. Yep. OK. Um, but so there, and other people wrote living under patriarchy has already robbed me of my safety, autonomy, opportunities, interest in our institutions. Now I'm supposed to give up sex, too. Oh, so this is like the bridge to people that were that are against it and playing to the fiction that it's just a bargaining trip transaction for women. So I do I have often thought to myself and I think early on in this podcast, I said to you, maybe we should just every time we have sex, we should get something signed. <laughs> I'm, you know, like I'm I you you made that same face when I first brought it up like a year and a half ago. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm Kelly Gibson. I'm, you know, Andrew Smith. And we agree to have consensual sex and agree to be, you know, either like I, I identify we're not using birth control. And, you know, like if there is going to be all these decisions to be made and they all fall on the woman, specifically, if you get if you get knocked up, there should be some conversation around. But why does respo- everything fall on the woman? Well, just because men can't have babies. Right, but they could easily go and put on a condom. They could, but if you if you recall from the conversations we had about this a long time ago, culturally, men don't like the way condoms feel. It's not as pleasurable for a man. It makes takes away the moment, and women never really had the sexual confidence to insist on it, just because it was because the, the, the words were not out loud. You know, there sure. was a there was a think, there was not a conversation of that. I think we're in a clearly in a very different place different place. Now. Yeah, right. Yeah, but she has a voice. Alyssa Milano has a voice. A loud one. And it is a loud one. Yeah. And a lot of people look up to her and respect her. And I really hate it when uh, women, and, and in particular women on the left, who are so vocal about women's rights and the progressive movement and feminism, say shit that actually hurts the cause. Mm-hmm. And I find it infuriating. I mean, this is, I feel like this is potentially what she is saying that we should do destroys years of progress. Like, we are finally at a point to where... If we like sex, 
We're not sluts. It's not perfect. We're getting there. But we can finally have sex without everybody being like, you're a terrible human being. It depends on what totally. stage you are in your life. Totally. How many people totally you're having agree. sex with. Absolutely. Who are those but we, people? Sure. But yeah. the progress is being made. This is not like it was 50 years ago where you weren't allowed to enjoy it. It was a gift to men, whatever. And so her saying this, I think, hurts us. And it's, it's that the, it's, it's that unfair. we're going backwards in reproductive rights. It's that the the bills that are being passed, and I know we don't talk fully outright about choice in life in this room, and that's fine. It's not our purpose, and that's fine. But I think what she was doing was was confronting an extreme reality with an extreme reality. Sure, but she also is a whole bunch of dudes in Georgia said, "Let me tell you what you can do with your uterus," even though we have the science wrong, and there's no way that. There, there's so many things broken about the laws in Georgia and Alabama. Regardless of your opinion on that particular issue, mm-hmm. there are lots of women that were actually on board with what happened in Georgia. Hey, right or wrong? You may not like Pro-life it. Pro-life women. For sh- well, no, there they're are... just not. There's more men. The governor's a man. The majority of the legislature are men. Like, you can say there were women that were on board. Yes, it's but just the majority of the decision makers right now in Georgia are men. The, that, those are the facts. Fair enough. Yeah. There's still lots of women that are pro-life. Yes. Nobody takes into who, account. Who don't that, sit in elected right. position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They do. There's just fewer of them. Correct. Well, you're you're contradicting yourself in the same sense. I'm just making the point that there yeah. are women that were on board, out, just in society in general, yeah. that are on board with what happened in Georgia. Yes. There's probably a bunch of women that are not as sexually confident as what you're describing. I'm sure there's a lot of women in Georgia that aren't going to run around and say, I love sex. Don't take sex away from me. I love sex. I have sex all the time. I have sex with my husband. I have sex with everybody. I love sex. I love sex. Like, there's not a lot of women that do that either. I mean, I there is, I don't agree with Alyssa Milano, the specifics of what she's saying, a sex strike. I have often thought to myself, post-marriage, see, it's like wisdom comes to people too late in life. You know, when I was sexually active, unmarried sexually active i didn't have near the sexual confidence i have now as a married sexually active person so i would have loved it you know if i only knew now what knew then what i know now that is great that would be awesome but i do think that this idea of you you want to be part of this thing that creates the potential challenge that now i don't have choice over that those things are linked up and maybe a sex strike isn't the right thing, but calling attention to the fact that it takes two to tango, but only one person's future is possibly in jeopardy. That's, that's significant. It's not just one person's future. Oh, I mean, give me a break. If you have a one night stand, you're not going to call up that guy and be like, are you going to send me alimony checks? Are you going to be a dad to this guy? Are you going to pay for the, but, but they don't, women don't usually, and men usually say, fuck you. Uh, there are courts and laws that make them not able to do those things. Right. I, so oh, the woman has to spend all the money to get a lawyer or take that person to the court, make it a whole thing in her life. Like, you, it, I understand that you're taking a stance here, but the majority of an unplanned pregnancy falls on the shoulders of the woman because she is the one that makes births and res- is, is legally responsible for that baby until she makes it otherwise. Okay. Well, I think you're not taking into account the court system and what the responsibilities are of the father. For because sure, but the woman has to do it. The woman has to tell the dad. She has to take him to court. If he fights, she's got to pay a lawyer to do it. It's like the woman... You don't have to pay a lawyer. You can just fight it in court. Courts typically side with the mother. I'm just... I, listen, I'm not... It, yes, it is harder because you have to birth it. I'm and still it's yours without has, denial. Right. Because it's coming out of your body. Right. Yeah. 
So I do think that, do I think that women should, that we should go back on the sexual revolution as you described at the beginning of this conversation? No. Do I think that Alyssa Milano's sort of celebrity progressive voice is often to do something out of the ordinary and that it landed really well with me too and it missed the mark with sex strike? Fine. But I do think that bringing something extreme to an extreme trend is at least a, an effort. So if you're going to do something extreme and crazy, why doesn't she launch a an organization that helps women get unlimited and unfettered access to free birth control all the time? That would be extreme and would help unwanted pregnancies. Well, nobody has access to unfettered Birth control. I mean, like, there are restrictions on birth control. You can go to the health department. When I was, so I remember I had a friend in high school, and I say that, like, I actually did have a friend. It was right. not me in she's high school. Not, she's not really talking about herself. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. That went to the health department, and they did a check, and then she got the birth control pills because she couldn't go to a doctor because her mom wouldn't let her. Like a health department, cl- like a clinic that's like run clinic with state funds yes. that provides birth control. Yes. So a lot of these states... Yes. Are stopping access to birth control with state funded money. Like wow. the states this don't want to pay for medicine Carolina that is 30 years ago. Right, right, right. So the things change and it's state by state. And I think, right. So the difference with what the two things you and described. There was no health insurance. So the difference between the two things you described is like one was a tweet, which is fucking free. And the other one is like taking on state legislators and coughing up what would seem then to tweet be like out millions where you of could dollars. Go get free birth control. I mean, listen, I, I get. Tweet out to women that it's their job to get free birth control so they don't get knocked up in a state where they can't make a choice about the future of that pregnancy. That's what you're saying. I'm saying let women know where they could take responsibilities for their actions. What about the men? You just said it's not their responsibility and the responsibility is on us. So if it's our responsibility and it's all going to be on us, then we should take responsibility. I said post-pregnancy the responsibility falls on the woman. Is what I said. I'm just saying that gives women options. If the pr- if we can't, what fundamentally- a, you know, the other option is to say no to men. No, like I'm not going to give you the chance I'm to knock me out. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going right. to say no. You're a married I'm woman. You're but a married even woman then, like back when I wasn't, years. I was going to take responsibility so that I didn't get pregnant. I took responsibilities for the actions that I was taking. Right, you, the woman, you. It was my body. Shouldn't I take responsibility for my fucking body? You should, but shouldn't <laughs> men also have? Need, should, shouldn't men also have responsibility? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that if a man is going to put his penis in my vagina and I'm going to allow him to do it, I should take responsibility for that. We can argue all day that it's men's responsibility or, or they should deal with it. But at the end of the day, his stuff is going into my body. I'm going to take responsibility for what that is. Uh, on paper and in black and white, that sounds really good. That sounds really good. It, I mean, I, I believe I, I, I agree with you that I, I mean, I agree with you that women, but I also think men should be also responsible. Totally right? agree. I think that when you're finding your way into a sexual reality, that men often come to the table with more confidence than women come to the table at that part of your life. Sure. I think hopefully it's changing. But in my world, there wasn't like a you can be a sexual being conversation with the people that sort of that. Built but me both up. groups know that they can get pregnant but or I, somebody's going to get if, if there is unprotected sex at the right time of the month somebody's getting pregnant for sure yeah the, bird, the, the birds woman. and the bees is what i definitely knew the birds and the bees what i didn't know like literally i 
in my in my memory, literally, I thought that I there was the the whole blue balls thing. I thought that it was my responsibility. I thought I had in oh, some way, shape, or form. That is not could, your responsibility. Right, right, right. No, Ever. Were, I'm saying that g- no. girls coming into their sexual reality don't always have strength of voice and confidence and can demand a pause in the action or a change in your decision. I thought I did, but I don't really like those things. I hope that's changing. But in my sexual experiences coming up, it was not, I, I, I was not given that kind of confidence. So we need to teach women younger. Totally. <laughs> and I don't mean like 10, but 13, maybe 14, mm, maybe that kind of age. 15 or 16. Well, well, it depends. Yeah. I mean, your girls are getting close. That's why it's scary. But I think that there is, if if everybody, I think teaching a girl that you're allowed to like get into a sexual in, interchange encounter and be like, hold up, like where's the condom? And if you don't have, if we're not protected, we're not moving forward. And I don't care if you're if you got a boner and it all hurts very much. But like these were not conversations I had any ability to have. It sucks. Did but- you when you were first having sex, you were able to have those conversations? I was really old when I had sex, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. So it was wasn't. I, but, yeah. I um, I mean, once I was at the point where sex was consensual, I don't ever remember a time where, like, I felt like the person that I was with wasn't also inherently responsible. I <laughs> I only had monogamous sex. I only had sex with boyfriends and people that. Yeah, I was in love with like yeah. I didn't. So I didn't have a lot of the one night stands, partly because I mean, I was significantly insecure about my body. So I was horrified that if someone didn't love me and they saw me naked, they'd be horrified. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's a whole episode. other thing. But I oh, think God. here's what I find very frustrating about this whole thing. And and I don't love the heartbeat bill. I, I, I do think that that is uh, not a great path for us to go down for women um i also don't like meaning just like humans just people well women specifically yeah yeah, yeah. but i i think i don't particularly like the stuff in virginia where you can terminate a child at eight and a half months either i find that just morally apprehensible that said there has to be a balance in between yes of course what i find so frustrating about Alyssa milano and a lot of the ways that we talk about this is we make it out like it's not our responsibility. It is our responsibility, but it shouldn't be our responsibility. It's the man's fault. It's the dudes that are changing everything. And we should have no responsibility for this. And we should be able to fuck up and then it's okay. And it's the rhetoric that I hate. And the fact is we should all be responsible. The women should be responsible. The men should be responsible. We should all be making choices that make all of us better in the long term protecting women. I mean, pregnancy can be dangerous, quite frankly. So it's not always the best thing for women to be pregnant. They could die during a birth, whatever. We should all be responsible. But this, the rhetoric that it is the man's responsibility, more so than it's the woman's responsibility, when the whole argument is that it's our body, it's our body, we can make the choices to do what we want with our body. Yes, then make the choices if you don't want to get pregnant to take the responsibilities to not get pregnant. I just I think get accidents I, yeah. happen, which I get. Just take response. I mean, we're no, all I, responsible. No, I, ag- I agree with you completely as long as we're connecting it with letting women and girls be sexual like we let men and boys be sexual. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. If those things are connected, Look I am that. game the fuck out. What? 
Yeah. We just agreed. All right, we're going to take a, bre- a, a break, a deep breath. And what did dra- you say? I don't know. I think Are I was you mad? Words. I'm a little flustered. We're talking. Are you? This is good. No, I'm not mad. I'm just She's I'm totally mad. starting she over. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a breath. We're going to take a drink of wine. We're back. This is really good. I haven't had lunch, so I oh, should pour you more. Tracy's just drinking with busy. her braids. Got shit to do. We'll take a picture and put it up on social, but Tracy looks so cute like, with I her braids. I barely put on makeup today. She's so flush because we were talking about sex. We are back with the button. I don't know if we need to keep defining it for everybody, but for those of you that don't know, the button is every week we put sexism into the Google field and we press the news button. Here we go. The button, the button, the sexism button. All right. So this week in the results of the button, some an interesting thing came to the top, and it's not something we talk about much, although we probably should about therapy. I think everybody needs it. I actually think that every American should have access to talk therapy because I do think it's amazing. But especially with you. Talk therapy with you makes me feel I don't have a degree, but yes. Um so this week the American Psychological Association issued a fresh set of guidelines to help therapists who treat girls and women, noting that changes to quote education, work, reproductive and caregiving roles and personal relationships in the last several decades have led to greater equality. Woohoo! Put it Woo, up. Yay! Yeah, it's what we talk about all the time. But have also changed the ways in which women encounter adversity in the U.S. and around the world. So I find that this is really interesting because I th- it seems super accurate, right? It's like we talk in here all the time about how we feel things are really changing and how we think women have more choices and how more choices can lead to harder decision making. Decision making, but the decisions are better because there's more choices. You just sort of circular in its reality. So. Um, So we'll talk a little bit through those guidelines, which is pretty interesting. But the other interesting part is these these guidelines for women and girls came out came out after the new guidelines for men came out. Um, So. In a a separate article written about the men's guidelines, it says, for the first time in history, the American Psychological Association issued guidelines to help clinicians improve the health of boys and men. So boys and men have always sort of just been looped into humans and girls and women have been sort of pulled out as needing a specific or a different kind of guidance for therapeutic guidance. But now they've determined that men, in fact, need their own structure. Which makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I would think that total, that they would, I mean, we are fundamentally different. Yeah. In our uh, hormones, is it hormones? Biology, biology. In yeah, our bi- yeah. Well, yes, but I was thinking like hormones, like the how we deal, through, how we versus, deal through things. We both yeah, deal yeah, with yeah. things our very behavioral structure. So they should yep. be different. But I think that the the default has always been men, so they haven't pulled them out and identified characteristics differently. So it's good. It's great change. It's identifying that men and different women are different, and. Uh, but uh, also identifying that there are elements to that natural inclination that perhaps needs exploration. And, uh, and so, so it, so it's this new, it's issued guidelines to help clinicians improve the health of boys and men declaring aspects of quote, traditional masculinity, quote, harmful. The report backed by more than 40 years of research. They said traditional masculinity is harmful. Just keep listening. I know she's like, she loves men so much. Can't even handle the fact that anyone would say anything about where they just sort of like lay naturally. I trash men all the day, (laughs) all the time. I just think that we, masculinity isn't negative if it is. Here we go. The APA defines traditional masculinity as, quote, a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population, including 
anti-femininity, achievement, a shul of the appearance of weakness and adventure, risk, and violence. That's how they're that's how they're defining traditional masculinity. The guidelines which were that sounds hi- awful. The guidelines which were highlighted in the January issue of APA's blah 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 newsletter say the pressure boys and men feel to conform to certain aspects of traditional masculinity can lead to poor health outcomes, including higher rates of suicide, substance abuse, violence, and early death. So it's identified these elements of quote-unquote traditional masculinity, and I'll say them again just so people can think think about it for for a second. So it's particular constellations of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population. So men have defined segments of the larger population, which makes sense. They've been in control and rule of our country forever, including anti-femininity only because we allow it anti-femininity is not anti-women it's anti-women's attributes it's anti-femininity right so they don't so weakness or preciousness or timidity or you know men that, that are emotional or weak correct yeah achievement makes sense the Eschewing the appearance of weakness, which speaks to that anti-femininity. So men are not allowed to cry. But also adventure, risk, and Sad. violence. But historically, so this APA is saying, like, this is how it has always been, and we're going to declare some of this harmful. I feel like which we I actually, would like to declare some of this harmful. We talked about this a while back, about men having friends. Like, friendships with other men were different. We yeah, actually so talked about this. That's in the, the new constructs to therapy for women. But... The report was criticized by conservative pundits and columnists who argue that it's making masculinity bad. Laura Ingram said, quote, traditional masculinity seems to be in this report at least conflated with being a pig or a creep or a Harvey Weinstein kind of person. Traditional, not toxic. No, but the thing that I just described was was what they declared I traditional. Like I don't like the that. The standards sway over large segments, anti-femininity, achievement risk. These things is what they're it was what this this therapeutic, this psychological association is describing as traditional. So anyway, that's just, we didn't make it. We're just talking about it. Yep. Um, the Federalists, Emily uh, Dijinsky, called the report dangerous. The National Review referred to it as a frontal attack. <laughs> Did they really say frontal? <laughs> I mean, that's sort of funny, right? <laughs> that's the, basically, they might as well have said a penis attack. But the term traditional masculinity... I love <laughs> a penis attack. <laughs> right? Frontal. Full frontal, right? It talks about a penis. A consensual penis like, attack. Is I feel like so the National awesome. Review did that on purpose, right? Poor Greg um, Deeds is like caught dying <laughs> right now. Like but the term traditional masculinity does not refer to all masculine traits, said the APA, the Psychological Association. He said, quote, we're talking about negative traits such as violence or overcompetitiveness or being unwilling to admit weakness. Of course, masculinity also has positive traits, courage, leadership protectiveness and the report includes both sides anyway this was the men's shit all right so we are going to talk about the women's yeah so i have a question so the over competitiveness like if a woman is overly competitive oh she's a fucking bitch but is she that's how we that's how women would describe them right so men can't be overly competitive that is toxic if women are overly competitive is that she's also also toxic yeah i don't think anybody should be over competitive. I'm highly competitive. I'm a psycho. Like my kid, <laughs> my eight year old checked a kid last night and actually, actually hooked a kid, which I, she did not do Playing on hockey. purpose. Playing she, hockey. She's little. Like she doesn't even, I mean, she can't skate that well and her stick handings. She totally hooked a kid. And I was just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Greg's like, no, not no, like that. No, you can't do that. Like, you, can't, you can't do that. Some other kid, like on our team, like checked another kid who was being a douche. And I was like, yeah. Greg's like, no, no, you can't. You can't. I have a 
problem. No, but yeah, I, so might, I'm, to- I'm, I might have toxic masculinity. Well, elements of you do. Yeah. No, I'm highly competitive, but there's oftentimes in my competitive nature where I have to pull it back a little bit and realize like realize that there is space for everybody and everyone gets a seat at the table and no, you need to build other people up. No. no, we talk so much in here about how we want more people to have a seat at the table. Yeah, oh, but Tracy's not in school. really struggling yeah. today, So not guys. like, not in like sports though. Like if you're just not good, you don't get to, you don't get to keep going. No, but this isn't just talking about athletics, Trace. This is talking about like how one And you can get a seat life. at the table if you work hard and you're really good. Otherwise right, you don't but, get a seat at the table. Right, but multiple women work hard so there's multiple seats at the table. Right, that competitive isn't always. Right, but working, always, hard, working hard doesn't always mean success. Correct, but competitive doesn't always... You don't always get an A for effort in Fuck life. you, let me talk. <laughs> competitive right. doesn't always mean that only, there's only one winner and one loser, right? Multiple right. people in the regular world in professional life can be competitive and can have equal voice. You're such a Democrat. I love you so much. Oh, my God. You're good. You're fucking challenging. <laughs> okay, now to the women. So, um, oh, can we talk about motherhood? Uh, oh. yeah, I, I, yes. This, I mean, go don't ahead. we always talk about oh, motherhood? This, this so the is guidelines so true, though. Are, this is the crazy. guidelines are, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six of them. So here I go. The guidelines include, one, recognizing women's resilience and using affirmative approaches. Two, understanding multiple layers of identity and oppression, i.e. race, disability, sexuality, economic background. Three, being aware of contradictory messaging around what it means to be female. Fuck Yes. I don't even know what that Four. means. Okay. What? You don't? Really? The one that I identify with most, you don't know what it means? Friends, that is just really <laughs> pointed for this fucking What podcast. it means to be female. I just don't understand, like, what it uh, right. How do you not know Mom, what it means? Mom, professional, sexual beast, librarian, okay. I just, chef, I just think house cleaner. It's poorly stated. Okay. What if it's fine? Five, confronting their own personal and institutional biases. Yes. Six, offering diagnosis only when necessary and using unbiased assessment tools. That's back to that medical thing mm-hmm. we talked about. Yep. And finally, knowing about alternative forms of healing, including indigenous methods and community resources. So that's just like, that's mostly, me- that's mostly like mental. I'm actually not anti-alternative forms because right oh, now if someone could come to me nice. and say, here, this is going to make your life so much easier if you just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, did these like five things every day, like you squatted five times and then you uh, drank some turmeric or whatever, like and those things like helped. I would do it. Yeah, because I do a lot of things like what tired. you just described. But yes. like those weird oils, I, totally. Yeah, yeah. You okay. should. Everybody should take a drop full of CBD oil every day of their life. Anyway, therapists or just right? smoke pot <laughs> or smoke. I know Richard is like he's really this. This is that a shit is episode. legal it's in manic. Michigan right now. Yes. I'm going to go visit my okay. mother-in-law in June. Um, so the article goes on to talk about some other, some things we can't get through at all because this episode goes on and on. But um, Tracy just said you want to do you want you want to talk about. So I want to like, I want to talk thing? about. So the one of the things that they said and and one of the things that everybody told me when I was pregnant with my first child was. When you give birth, it is magical, and you're going to hold that baby, and it is going to be amazing, and you are going to realize your cause in life, and it is going to be unlike anything you've ever done. And I had a baby, and that baby cried for six straight weeks. And nobody told me that you might not like that baby, (laughs) and that that baby might not nurse right. And that that maybe maybe might not take a bottle, and then you may not be able to leave that baby because the baby won't take a bottle, and it's only going to want your boob. Yep. And that you are going to th- contemplate briefly, what was I thinking? Why did we do this? Yeah. Nobody tells you those stories. Now, I will say, 
like three months later, it was amazing and everything was great. And I love my kids and I did it again. And it was the greatest thing. It was the second greatest decision I ever made right behind having marrying my husband, having my kids or an awesome choice. But nobody tells you that it is not beautiful and magical out of the gate and that it is okay to not like that kid for just a couple moments. Yeah, but I think that crying. you are you're making this like um this point that you're gonna hate that I'm calling out related to our first conversation today, which is a lot of shit women go through is romanticized and not approached like it's actually hard. And I think sex is one of them. And I think childbirth is another of them. And until I know her face. I don't understand how the two have Right. So nobody said to me like Sex. Well, just what you described. Nobody said that all these other things could happen with it, and it all happened. Nobody with me. told you super... sex was fun. No, no, no. Saying? Everyone said it was fun. Nobody said it's fraught, <laughs> fraught, fraught with how you say no, fraught with what happens uh, if you get pregnant you don't want sure. to, fraught with you have to be prepared to have like all these difficult conversations, fraught with what if you don't like it halfway through, fraught with it's fraught. It's so fucking fraught. And nobody had that conversation like childbirth is fraught. And I had an equally hard experience with my first hard to get them out, hard to feed them, hard, uh, the whole thing, hard, whatever. But I do think that romanticizing. He's such an amazing child now. No, he's awesome. He's so good. Yeah. Romanticizing shit in the what it means to be a woman thing is is real. But that's why I think we just have to talk about it more. Yeah, romanticizing being a wife. All you want to do is get married, be a wife, be the perfect wife, and you're going to find a man, you're going to be so lovely, it's going to be so lovely. And it is lovely. Caleb is like, for me... You would not prefer to be married to him, but for me, he's amazing. And I love Caleb. I think that's awesome. And it's just, you got, I was married when I was 20, I was engaged at 25 years old, you know, I'm going to be with him for like a hundred years, you know? So you just got to like, like, that's just all should be known, you know? So I I feel, so so I feel actually the opposite about marriage. Like, I don't feel like it was romanticized to me. I feel like yeah. actually the exact opposite. Like it was never They're something. Like, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> right. Like I was just like marriage sucks and this is what. And so I got a very different. Oh, from like your, from your. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. What just you a, saw around you. Well, not even that. Like just I, I mean, I don't know that I had ever really wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. And then I met my husband and marriage is vastly different than what yeah. I would have expected it to be. And it, it is like. For me, I mean, it is a little bit of a fairy tale. And I realize that it is absolutely not like that yeah. for everybody else. That it yeah. is oftentimes a lot of hard work and a lot of Yeah, um, or just compromise. H- hard or otherwise. It's just another it's just it's something you're responsible for. Right. You know, you right. have to you have to foster your your relationship and your marriage or else it won't be good. And right. so it's just another element of like a thing that one has to engage yeah. in. I was I'm just very lucky. Not hard that, or otherwise. Right. Yeah. That we are very compatible in our living space yeah 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 and that makes a ton of difference totally even if outside of chemistry and passion and all those things like being compatible with the person that you have to live with 24 7 is is critically important to marriage and if you don't have that it makes it much harder yeah so other parts of this article we can't go through it all that i thought were really interesting so call the one one section was call your girlfriends women and girls tend to have a healthier more supportive friendships than boys and men and these relationships can help them lead happier lives however the guidance state quote difficulties in girls and women's relations can engender and or exasperate mental health issues which basically means like what girls love friends when you got good ones it makes your life way better but because women are drawn to friends sometimes they'll be a bad one 
and that one makes your life worse. So to be thoughtful about how to navigate that, that women are much more likely to be drawn into community than men. And so just to navigate that, which I think is really important and have had friends with grown-up relationships with girlfriends that have been challenging. So to sort of keep that in mind. But also, and and we have to wrap up this show because we've been at it for a bit, but I wanted to I wanted to call out how I respect this association, the American Psychology Association, because the sort of the period at the end of the sentence that is this article is that girls and women around the world face sexism, oppression, discrimination, prejudices, but the guidelines are clear that they're also well equipped to overcome these adversities. And women are more willing to talk about their problems, more likely to self-report when they feel like they have a problem and tend to have a much healthier personal relationship with boys. So it's not about minimizing what's challenging, but it's about empowering about what we have intrinsically based on our biology to deal with these things. And so that's why it's refreshing that there's this sort of new standard for therapists to I to re- react to the le- the differences in landscape but also to empower what what we have inside ourselves. And I I think that that is healthy and like I said when I started this, I think every American should have access to talk therapy because I think that it is wildly helpful. I think that it really talking through what's bothering you, especially for women is is hugely important. I still think all of that leads me to believe that I am still much happier that I am a woman than a dude. (laughs) Just saying. I am proud to be a woman. I like it. I'm going to go with it. Right. I'm like a self-identified progressive feminist, which I feel like I've said like nine times on the last three episodes. But um, Would you rather be a dude? I don't know. Do you think your life would be better if you were a dude? I don't know. I don't think it would. I don't know. I think not better. Might be easier. Feels like it might be easier. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it would. I'm living a pretty good one right now. I'm living a pretty good one right now. So (laughs) thanks so much for today. It was a little crazier than last week. (laughs) Keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Dame at All. Thanks, friends. See you next week. 